Well, good morning. Let me welcome you to Crossroads. We are excited that you're here, whether you are in the house or whether you are joining us online uh, for the audio version of today's message or you're watching us from Facebook Live. Again, if you're watching on Facebook Live, we encourage you to comment below. Let us know where you're listening from uh, or watching from. And again, share this from our Facebook page to yours because, again, it just multiplies uh, the amount of people that will see today's service, whether it's today or sometime later this week as they're trolling you uh, and, and seeing what you have on your Facebook page. Uh, again, this is a very special day. Uh, this is the day that we honor some very special people in all of our lives. So let me just say this morning from me to you, happy Mother's Day to all you moms who uh, in a single day you became nurturer, coach, cheerleader, arbitrator, Uber driver, psychologist, therapist, banker, theologian, and most of all, mind readers. Today we honor you, and we know how much you do for all of us. And let me just say, from my lips to your ears, you are doing a great job, a great job. Uh, also, a shout-out to all the grandmothers, the great-grandmothers, the aunts, the aunties, the bonus moms, and the spiritual moms, because it literally takes all of you to do the important things that we all need in each one of our lives. You know, I, I, we, were, we were in a series, and um, I kind of didn't know whether I wanted to break into the series and do a special message for Mother's Day. I, I have only done that like once or twice, and uh, with a little prodding, Lori Dove. Uh, so anyway, uh, I kind of was convinced, you know, maybe it might be a good time to do a good Mother's Day. And I couldn't think about Mother's Day without looking back at the last 24 months or so. Because when you look back at the last two years, you start to realize that as a mom or as a parent, the last two years have been the most difficult two years and more than most people ever thought they would be. I mean, most of you, especially you moms and us parents, we looked at the last two years, and man, I did not sign up for this. Can I get an amen in the house? I mean, this is not it. I mean, you've been having to spend time with your little ones over the last two years that you weren't prepared for, right? Because, again, you didn't expect them to be home with you all of the time. And again, as a mom, you weren't prepared to do elementary school on Zoom. Am I right? You weren't prepared to do Google uh, Classroom or Canvas. You weren't prepared to have to go through fifth grade math again. None of you were prepared to be working from home full time and parenting from home full time. And then you have to just kind of add on top of that, moms, all of that mom guilt that comes along with all of that stuff. So after the last two years, and I think we're kind of exiting that, many of you mothers, many of you parents have experienced physical exhaustion, while for so many others, it's been about mental health because you've had teenagers in the house. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I mean, I I'm totally guessing that there are some of you that can relate to some of the things that I'm just alluding to here. I mean, some of you have had students in the house over the last two years, and again, as you prepare to celebrate them, they missed everything. They missed proms and they missed graduations. And as a mom, you didn't get to celebrate your child in the way that you had always expected that you would get to celebrate them. 
And it was tough. It was tough on you, and it was tough on them. Because the last two years had been filled with fear and anxiety and loss and isolation. Not to mention the fact that lots of families have had children who have had difficulty sleeping, along with dealing with kids that were in the house that were kind of old enough to kind of figure out all of the crazy things that were going on in our world with all of the social issues and the racial injustice and political division. And then in the midst of this, you have these kids who are trying to navigate social media. And, and when you look at the last two years, when you look at the last 24 months, you realize that the last two years have been a lot. I mean, being a mom or being a parent during the last two years, I just think it goes without saying that it's been difficult. But even as difficult, listen, listen, even as difficult as the last two years have been, I think that we can all safely say that it hasn't been without hope. Isn't that right? There's still hope. I mean, maybe over the course of the last two years, some of you have experienced some of those kind of what I'll call unexpected blessings that kind of come out of things, those things that we have to go through. Maybe some of you experienced uh, a blessing like spending more time with people around the table, you know, eating together. That's one of the things that, you know, that was a focus when I was growing up. We always sat down to eat together. And again, in this culture today, it's kind of grab it, drive through it, pick it up, do whatever you got to do. We'll meet together at some point. But over the last two years, we were kind of forced to eat together because we couldn't go anywhere. Lots of places were closed. They wouldn't let you in. So if you went out, you went to the drive through and you brought it home and you sat around the table and you had to eat together because you had no choice but to eat together. Maybe during the last two years, you've had to have some of those hard conversations with people in your family that you weren't expected, expecting to have those hard conversations. But then you realized as you got on the other side of that, it was good for you to have those conversations. And here's what I look back at the last two years, and I tell you, here's the thing that I think is really cool. We have a God who brings good out of the difficult things. We have a God who brings good out of the hard things. We have a God who promises, listen to me this morning, to bring good out of everything. And I'm believing that he's going to continue to do that in your life and in my life and in our relationships, even in the most difficult of times. So I thought today we would just... Take a break from the series. Today was a day worthy of breaking away from our series, Set Free, and we'll pick back up there next week. And since today is Mother's Day, I thought, you know what, let's, let's just do kind of a Mother's Day type of message. And I need you to know, and I think I can say this, and most of you will not be offended, I'm not a mother, even though some people in the past have called me one. <laughs> I'm not a mother, but I am a parent. And if there's anything I know, I know that in my best days as a parent, I struggled when it come, came to parenting. 
Now, just listen to me. I struggled as a parent. And no, I didn't listen to Oprah. And no, I didn't watch Dr. Phil. But as a parent, I've had to learn that even in the toughest times, I just kind of wanted to do parenting my way. But then I had to decide that things worked out better as a parent when I did things his way. So as a parent who's on the, the, I'm kind of on the backside of parenting, I'm continuing to learn as a parent and a grandparent now. I know I don't look that old, but I mean, as a grandparent, I'm learning to do things his way. Now, here's the thing. When, when, you, when you talk about being a parent or being a mother, there are probably a thousand different topics that I could have chosen to talk about this morning. There are a thousand things that I could talk about when you talk about bringing up the next generation, when you talk about raising up the next generation, or when you talk about having influence in a child's life. There are literally, listen to me, a thousand things that I could talk about this morning. And it's so easy to think about all, those, about all of those things that I could have talked about. And the reason it's easy to think about those things is simply because those things are things where we can get sidetracked or we can get distracted by those things. So I said, you know what I want us to do? I'm going to make this simple. I want us to focus on one thing. And I want that focus to be one question. And the question is so simple, it's just three words. Look, look behind me on the screen. What matters most? I mean, think about that. Write it down, take a picture of it. What matters most? In all of the things, in all of the areas of life, when it comes to raising children, when it comes to being a mom, when it comes to being a parent or a grandparent, it's those three words. It's that one question. What matters most? Many of you are familiar with a lady by the name of Christine Kane, an amazing preacher, teacher. Several years ago, our staff and some of our key leaders had the uh, pleasure of going to Atlanta to Catalyst to a conference, and we heard Christine Kane speak there. And, and she used uh, an analogy, she used a story where she talked about the, the women's 4x100 relay team, who was actually running in the Olympics in Athens in 2004. And what's really interesting is this. The American team, the 4x100 women's relay team, was awesome. They were expected to dominate the competition. They were going to kill everybody, and everybody in the world knew that the American team was going to win the gold medal. So Christine tells the story where, where, where Lauren Williams is sprinting, and she has the baton, and she's about to hand the baton off to Marion Jones. And right there in the 4 by 100 women's relay, they passed the baton. But when they passed the baton, they passed it out of the exchange zone. And they were immediately disqualified. Now think about that. 
the best and the fastest are disqualified. That's Athens in 2004. Fast forward to Beijing in 2008. And again, they're expected to dominate the competition. And again, they're running the very same relay. And again, at the very time it's their turn to pass the baton, they drop the baton. And the American team is disqualified. On paper, they were the fastest. On paper, they were the best. And they were supposed to win the race. But the thing that sticks in my mind about both of those instances is what matters most. Both of those are a reminder as to what matters most. How we pass the baton of faith and gratitude and love. That's what matters. That's something that really matters as a mother, as a father, as a parent, as a grandparent. Again, it doesn't matter how fast I run the race. It doesn't matter how good I run the race. What really matters is how you hand off the baton to those that come after you. So the thing that matters most And what we're handing to our kids, it's really found in a quote that I'm going to put on the screen behind me because you've you've heard me say this quote before. You know, you you, you heard me say the quote all the time, Jason, you're going to resonate with this really quick, don't tell me, show me. I mean, that's just one that just, you know, I'm tired of Christians telling me how to live when they don't show me how to live. Show me. I don't want to hear you. I want to see you. But this is another one of those kind of quotes And the quote goes like this, who we are is more important than where we go or what we do. Who we are is more important than where we go or what we do. That's what matters most. Listen to me this morning, for our kids, for our grandkids, for our nieces, for our nephews, teachers, listen to me, for the students in your classroom, For the players that you coach, for the teenagers that hang out at your house, what matters the most is who they are becoming. Now, some of you say, well, this is a Mother's Day message. It is a Mother's Day message, but this is for all of us. Because who you're becoming matters just as much as it does about your kids. God cares more about who you're becoming. He cares more about who you're becoming than where you're going or what you're doing. And again, I I think some of you have probably even shown up today on Mother's Day. I see we've got quite a few visitors, and some of you may say, you know, in your heart of hearts, you might not say this verbally, but you would say, you know what, I'm just trying to figure out, I'm just trying to find out God's will. And you know what God's going to say from heaven? 
If you would say, you know what, I'm just trying to figure out God's will. I'm trying to find out God's will for my life. God, God's going to say, you know what, you know what God's going to say? Listen, I, I can tell you, this is what God's going to say. God's going to say, you know what, D don't worry about my will because I, I care more about who you're going to be. That's what I care about. I, hear, I care about who you're trying to become. But see, here's the thing. In order to hold on to what matters most, you're going to have to be intentional. If you truly want to hold on to what matters most, you're going to have to be intentional. Because I'm going to tell you, we live in a culture, we live in a country where the natural pull is always going to be where are they going and what are they doing? Where are they going and what are they doing instead of who are they becoming? So I want to use my time this morning to just talk about a few practices. Let, let me tell you this morning that I think would be helpful for moms, for parents, for grandparents, and for great-grandparents. There are some things that I believe that we should be learning so that we can hold on to the thing that matters the most. And then, ultimately, we can pass that baton to the next generation. So if you're a writer-downer, a note-taker, a picture-taker, here's the very first thing. Look at the screen behind me. The very first thing you need to do is keep the end in mind. If we're going to be successful in passing the baton of faith and love and gratitude to the next generation, we have to keep the end in mind. Look at Psalm 127, verses 4 and 5. I've got a minefield going on up here right now I'm not used to. Here's what it says in Psalm 127. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior. That's a beautiful picture. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. I mean, think about that picture. It's a beautiful picture. Because as a, as a parent, as a mother, you're like a warrior. And mom, don't you feel like that some days? I mean, don't you feel like a warrior? But, but it's having this picture of, of arrows. The, the writer writes in Psalm, this picture of, of Psalm, uh, this picture of arrows shooting. And those arrows shooting, it's, it's like sending out your kids. It's such an amazing picture that as a mother, that as a parent, that you're sending out your kids, but at the very same time, you look at that picture of you as a mother sending out your children, it's a humbling picture. Because you have an incredible responsibility as a mother, as a dad, as a parent to make sure that you aim your children in the right direction. Because much of that is up to you. So if you're going to do that and be successful at that, you must have a picture in mind. You have to have a target in mind. As a mother, you have to know what you're going to aim for if you're actually going to aim. Because you see, you, you, like me, can get distracted. It's easy as a mother, as a dad, 
as a parent to get distracted by all the everyday stuff. And you know what happens when you get distracted? You forget what you're aiming for. You're just wrapped up in, in, in where they have to be at nap time and practices and dance and what we're going to have for dinner. That you truly forget to keep the end in mind. And let me tell you, listen to what I'm about to say. While it's important for you as a parent, as a mother, to be present in the present, it's also important for you to look into the future, the future of your child, and to keep the end in mind and to think about that thing that matters the most. And that thing that matters the most is what kind of people do I want my child to be? What kind of person, what kind of people do we want them to become? Not what kind of career I want them to have, because let me tell you, if you're only thinking about the career that you want them to have, then what are you going to do? You're going to aim them in that direction. But who do I want my child to become? Because listen, 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 it's all about character. The question isn't what are they going to do when they grow up, but instead who are they going to be when they grow up? Because the person that they grow up to be, listen, that's going to affect everything. I mean, think about it. They're going to take who they are into junior high school. They're going to take who they are into high school and into college. They're going to take who they are into their dating relationships, into their marriage, into their future family. And God has always, listen, God has always been more concerned with the human heart and who we're becoming instead of the way that the world that we live in views success. I mean, think about it. We're all worried about the success of our children. I mean, you're all worried about the success of your children, but give that some thought. Because the way God looks at success is way different than the world looks at success. Because let me just tell you this morning, and I want to just bust some of your bubbles. God's not worried about your kids' home run totals. God's not worried about your kids' ACT scores. God's not worried about flawless skin or blue ribbons or dance recitals. God wants to know about your children. Are they becoming loving, merciful people? Do they act justly? Do they stand up for the underdog? Do they stand up for the oppressed? Are your children full of integrity and honesty? Do they forgive? Do they have a teachable spirit? Are they grateful? Do they have an authentic connection with God? That's the important stuff. 
And that's the stuff, listen moms, listen to me. That's what you need to remember. Because that's the stuff that you're aiming for. Or otherwise you're going to aim for a thousand different things. And most of the other thousand things, those are the wrong things. There's a passage that I love from Romans 12. And I think this passage is so important. And I would totally recommend as a mother, as a parent, as a grandparent or great-grandparent, or even the friend of somebody you know who has children, that this is just one of those verses that you read. And you keep this on your mind. As a matter of fact, when you're thinking or praying about the kind of person that you want your child to become, it's this passage from Romans chapter 12. This is the passage that I think you should be praying as a mother, as a dad, as parents or grandparents. This is the, the passage that you should be praying over your child. Look at what it says. Because as a parent, as a grandparent, as a friend, I want this child, I want my child to hate what is evil, to cling to what is good. I want my child to be devoted to one another in love and honor one another above themselves. I want them never to be lacking in zeal, but, but keep their spiritual fervor constantly serving the Lord. To be joyful in hope. I want my child to be patient in affliction, to be faithful in prayer, to share with the Lord's people who are in need. I want my child to grow up and to practice hospitality. To bless those who persecute them. To bless them and do not curse them. To rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. I want my child to grow up and to live in harmony with other people. To not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position and to not be conceited. I don't want my child to repay evil for evil, but to be careful. I want my child to grow up and to be careful and do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And as far as it is possible, I want my child to grow up and to live at peace with everyone. Now think about what we just read. And wouldn't it be amazing for us to send out a generation just like that? Listen, listen, listen. When we keep the end in mind, and what we, when we remember what matters most, when that is center and in front of us, I'm just going to tell you, it changes everything. It's going to change the conversations that you have. It's going to change the way that you spend your time. It's going to change the way that you spend your money. It's going to change the way that you discipline as a parent. Because listen to me this morning. When you have the end in mind, it's going to shape the way that you discipline your children. Because you're trying to shape your children into the type of people that they're going to become. The listen, listen. The focus is not going to be what they did wrong. 
but you're going to lean into this because you want your child to be a person who grows up knowing how to handle conflict. You're going to lean into this because you want your child to grow up and learn to be a person who, when they do something, they own it. They just own their own stuff. You're going to lean into this because you want your child to verify, to just put relations over being right, relationships over being right. And as a parent, you're going to point to this future version of who they can become instead of pointing out what the thing they did that was wrong. You know, you talk about keeping the end in mind. Let me tell you something that you can do as a mother, as a parent. You can identify some people, some other adults, some, some students that can be active in your, in your kid's life. Because, again, when you, when you see those people, you, you just kind of know that th this person right here, this student right here, that they're an example of the kind of person that I want my child to be. Because they're an example of somebody who's walking with God. So moms, listen to me. Dads, listen to me. Parents, listen to me. Seriously. Take some time this week and identify three or four people that you can make sure, that you can be intentional about. And you can make sure that these people are active in the life of your child. I mean, can you imagine what that would be like to have three or four adults, trusted adults, that could be active in the life of your child? What would it be like? To have three or four trusted adults who know the dreams that your kids have, the, the, the hopes that your kids have. And when your kid has a problem or, or, or has a question, they could just text one of those people. Or they could go to those people and those people could pray for them when, when your child needed somebody to pray for them. I mean, just how incredible would this be for the next generation? And let me just address those over here who don't have any kids. Maybe you don't have any kids. Maybe you're an empty nester. Maybe you're single. Then you know what you need to be? You need to be one of those people. You need to be part of handing off the baton of faith to the next generation. Because let me tell you, kids need you. Parents need you. Students need you. It would be absolutely incredible if there was a generation that had access to this. So here's what I'm encouraging you to do. Keep the end in mind. Keep the end in mind. Let me give you something else. Here's the second thing. Say it and say it again. We have to communicate what matters most over and over again. You've got to say what you know your kids need to hear over and over again. You've got to say it like 10 times more than we believe our kids need to hear it. Because our kids know 
that what we're talking about, the things that we're saying, those are the things that matter to us. So we've got to communicate it. We've got to communicate who you are becoming, son or daughter. That's what matters. Who you're becoming matters so, so, so much. Because I'm going to tell you this. TikTok, MTV, Twitter, Facebook. They're going to hear lots of stuff out there. So you need to communicate as a parent, mom, over and over again in your home that who your child is becoming, that's the thing that truly matters. And, and listen to me this morning. I, th- I think we need to praise kids in all areas of life. I think you need to encourage your child to be the best person that God has uniquely wired them to be. We need to encourage and, pra- and praise them in all areas, like academics and the arts and all that stuff. We should brag on our kids for all the things that they do. But wouldn't it really be great, mom or dad, that as a parent, you started to brag on them about the person that they're actually becoming? I don't see them as much anymore, but I used to see these bumper stickers that said, my child is an honor roll student at Byers Daddy Elementary School. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Wouldn't it be great to see some bumper stickers that said, my child made C's at Byers Daddy, but she's really nice. My child didn't make the honor roll but he's kind because that says something. It says something about who they are. And that's the stuff that we've got to communicate too because it's who they are. That's the thing that's going to go, out, go with them throughout their lives. And while all of the other stuff is great and fun, and we're all in it, and you should be proud about it. Listen to me this morning. The most important stuff is internal and eternal. So that's the thing that you've got to communicate. Praise them for the soccer goal. Praise them for the ballet form. But always remember to communicate to your child. Son, I, I, I love the way that you handled that. The way that you handled that was awesome. Honey, I loved watching you worship at church today. Thank you for being honest with me because I know it was hard to do. Tell your son or daughter, I really appreciate you for doing the right thing. I really like your grateful heart. I love the, the way that you, you play with your brothers and sisters. Listen to me this morning. We need to say those kind of things to our children all of the time because those are the things that matter. 
Think about the kids in your life. And whatever influence you've got when it comes to the life of a child and what they need to hear, say it. And say it like 10 times more than you think they need to hear it. Look with me at Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 23. The writer says this, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Do not lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to the body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Say it and say it again. Say it and say it again. Or maybe you know what you need to do. Maybe you need to find a mission statement for your family. And write it down so that everybody can see it and read it over and over again. Here's the thing. In order to hold on to what matters most, we have to keep the end in mind. We have to say it and we have to say it again. And here's the third thing. If we're going to have any chance in this fight of handing the baton of faith to the next generation, then we have got to walk with God ourselves. I'm going to be the first to tell you this morning that I have not been on an airplane since the pandemic. But if there's anything that I remember about flying, it's that annoying announcement that the flight attendant always gives at the beginning of the flight. May I call your attention, please? There are several emergency exits on this aircraft, two at the front, two at the back, and two over the wings. So please take a moment and locate the nearest exit to you and realize that the nearest exit may be behind you. Oxygen and pressure of the air will be always monitored. But in the event of decompression, an oxygen mask will appear in front of you. To start the flow of oxygen, please pull the mask toward you and place it firmly over your nose and secure it with the elastic band behind your head and what? Breathe normally. I don't think so, but anyway. Although the bag does not inflate, oxygen is flowing to the mask. If you're traveling with a child or somebody who may require assistance, Secure your own mask first and then assist the other person. It's that last part that I used to not understand. Because I always thought if I was traveling with a child, and thank God I never had to, I'm just going to take care of them first. I'm going to help them first. I'm going to get them situated first, and then I'll put my mask on. It didn't make sense to me what they were telling me to do. Do mine first, and then do theirs. Until I started to realize that if I'm passed out, I ain't no good to nobody. I need it first. I need the oxygen first. I need to be living this. I need to be breathing this if I'm going to be able to help anybody. If we want our kids to be the best versions of themselves that God has created them to be, listen to what I'm saying, Crossroads, then we've got to be the best versions of ourselves that God has created us to be. And 
I just believe, listen, listen to me this morning, I just believe that the greatest thing that we can give our children, the greatest thing that we can give the next generation, the greatest thing that we can give ourselves is a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And it happens when we walk with God. And let me just tell you, parents, listen to me this morning. Your kids know. You're not fooling anybody. They know whether work is more important than worship. They know whether you really love God. They know whether mom and dad really love each other. And they know how you keep your word. They watch how you spend money. They watch how you tip the server that waits on you at the restaurant. Now, let me just tell you, this is where I fall deep into sin, this next one. They watch how you act in traffic. Oh, I had a, one of somebody try me this last week. I just, I had a hand go, I just had to just thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they know what you binge watch on Netflix. Listen to me, parents, moms, dads, you're not fooling anybody. And listen, because this is not meant to shame anyone. Because we're not going after perfection, so don't beat yourself up. This isn't about perfection. Listen to me this morning, right here. This is about progress. This is about us moving towards God. This is about moving towards God and who He created us to be. And let me just tell you, if, if you're here just today because your mother's here and she wanted you to come and, and this whole walking with God hasn't been part of your story, let me just tell you this morning, can I just tell you, it's never too late to start walking with God, is it? Never. It's never too late to make this part of your story. It's never too late to do things His way. Because here's the thing. I've seen God redeem families. I've seen God restore relationships. I've seen God rewrite stories. I've seen God break generational cycles. And I've seen him do it. And let me just encourage you, it's never too late to start walking with God. What we say matters. But the way that we live really matters. So here's the thing, if you're keeping the end in mind and you want your child to be a person who owns their own stuff, let me just tell you, then you've got to be the person who's willing to own your own stuff. And there comes a point where you've got to go to somebody and you, you, know, say, you just got to say, sorry, I'm just sorry. And you own it. If you want them to serve other people, then you know what you've got to be? You've got to be an involved volunteer. If you want your child to turn to God when life gets difficult, then you know what you do as a parent? You turn to God and you pray when life gets difficult. 
You want them to be generous? Then you know what you do as a parent, mom? You give, and you give freely. You want them to be honest, and you know what you do, dad? You live with integrity. You want them to be, you want, listen, listen to me. Somebody needs to hear this. You want your child to be the person that will fight for their marriage? Then you need to fight for your marriage. And see, here's the thing. We've all been impacted by this, right? You've been impacted by this. All of us have. You know that you are who you are. And I am who I am because in some way, I've become who I am because of who my parents were. And my parents are who they were because of who their parents were. And they were who they were because of their parents. I mean, we all get this. Listen to me right here. Focus right here. We are who we are because in good ways and bad ways, we've all been impacted by the previous generation. But here's the thing we don't think of very much. We are somebody's previous generation. Every single one of us in this room and watching online, one day, you know what you're going to be? You're just going to be a snapshot. You're just going to be a story about grandma, about that great aunt, about that teacher, about that coach, about that great-grandfather. The question is, what will we pass on? If you want to leave a legacy, listen to me this morning. If you want to leave a legacy behind, then you've got to live one. And that's so much more about who we are becoming than where we're going and what we're doing. And let me tell you this morning, listen, Crossroads, I want you to understand, this is an authentic place. You don't have to be perfect because you know what perfect is? Perfect is fake. It's fake anyway. We just have to try to be someone who is truly trying to walk with God humbly ourselves. Because listen to me this morning, nothing is possible without God. Without God's healing. Without God's patience without His strength, without His grace. Nothing is possible without His wisdom. Which is why I really like this verse from the book of James. James 1 verse 5 says this, If any of you lacks lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. Ask and it will be given to you. I mean, think about that. If you lack it, just ask for it. I mean, isn't that good news? We don't have a God like, you know, a God up there that's going, oh, Randy, come on. Are you here again? God's not up there going, are you serious? Are you coming back to me again? No, he wants to. He wants to walk with us. And he's so generous 
that he's willing to give us everything that we need so that we can make it through the day. So let me tell you, moms, parents, let me tell you, Crossroads, let's pass the baton. Let's pass the baton of faith and let's not just pass it. Let's don't drop it. Let's pass it and let's pass it well. Let's pass it on to the next generation by remembering what matters most. By keeping the end in mind. By communicating it, saying it over and over and over again. And then let's all Let's walk authentically, humbly. Let's walk with God ourselves. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray with me, please? God, we thank you for the truth. And that truth is that you walk with us, that you never leave us, that you never forsake us, and God, that you are generous to us, that you can supply every need that we have for healing, for health, for relationships. So God, I just pray this morning that we turn to you and that we invite you into every aspect of our lives. Every aspect of our relationships. And that God, you would just have your way. Keep us humble, God. And learning from you so that we become the people that you've created us to be. Because we know that's the thing that matters the most. You're good, God. And we ask this prayer this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we stand to our feet?
Say it and say it again and authentically and humbly. 